hello there, and welcome to a very relaxed and easygoing episode of Show Some Respect, Tom Whitcomb is talking. I know some of you listen to this while you're sleeping. My goal for this episode is to get you to the land of Nod faster than you've ever been there before. Let's see how we go. We're going to bring some some real AM radio vibes to this week's episode because uh, I don't have the energy. No, that's not true. I don't know. I don't, it's um, It's a Saturday evening. And um, hear that? That's the sound of a heap snormal being cracked. I used to think I used to think you really could tell the difference between a non-alcoholic beer and a and a regular one. And now I don't know. I think I've just forgotten. I've done, I've, I'm coming up four weeks without a drink. And might I go ahead and just for myself give me a a little bit of that's excessive. That's a little bit too exciting. That, but that's all I've got. Other than that, it's also good. Um, this $800 podcasting equipment pays for itself, really. I really should, I should invest in some, uh, I should either invest in some more sound effects or I should start using these more liberally. Because, I mean, think about the amount of, if I could just work this into a few more segments of the podcast, I think it would really lift the production value of the whole thing. What do you think, sand trombone? It's good stuff. <laughs> this is good stuff. I think I would have a lot more fun, if nothing else. I'm not sure how everyone else would go. Um, I'm I'm four weeks without a drink at this point. I I decided after my last Sydney Comedy Festival show, I would take some time off drinking until I finish. I'm, I'm handing in a portfolio for a project that I'm working on in three weeks. So I'm trying to see it through till then. And um, after four weeks with no drinking, I know some people really struggle with addiction and substance use and drinking in particular I think is a very difficult one to cope with because it's so socially acceptable it's it's so um it's just it colors every corner of our culture doesn't it drinking it's everywhere if if you don't get around it then there's something presumably wrong with you and um I want you know if you do struggle with that and you find it hard to, to put the drink down for significant amounts of time, I want you to know that I have um, a lot more self-control than you do because this is fucking easy. This is so simple, really. How hard is it, guys? Just have a Pepsi. It's not. Or a Heaps Normal. Heaps Normal, 0.5% alcohol is still more than you'd think, isn't it? I think how that, that's how they get away with it, at least tasting like something. It's been so it's been so easy. I talked about this a few weeks ago on the podcast, but it is it's a real testament to how dull my life has become, how easy not drinking has been. I just have no what's the point? I'm not trying to impress anyone anymore. I think that's the thing. I used to have to drink just to to, to get by pretty much any conversation that had stakes, um, mostly with women. It is so can I tell you, if you aren't in a relationship uh, you would not know just how much easier life is where the opinion of attractive women means nothing to you. Oh, what a relief. It's it's nice if they like you, but it's just not essential. Now I just look at them the way that I do, you know, anybody, I suppose. And if only, and this is the thing that everyone talks about being in a relationship, if only you could have done that from the start. Because this is me bragging about the ability to talk to an attractive woman like a human being as opposed to uh, a celebrity. And um, celebrities, of course, not human beings. Uh, that's what I'm gunning for in my career. And if you could, if I could have just done that from the very beginning, I think it would have it would have cleared some things up. And I and I but I and I know I know the moment that if my partner was to 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 cast me aside, 
I'd forget it all instantly. I would go back to straight. I'd, I'd start reading the game. <laughs> I'd start. I remember this is true. I think have I talked about this on the podcast? I got around. I got around the pickup artist manuals. I'll be honest. I'll be the one to admit it. I got around the pickup artist manuals, and I and I thought about which member of Entourage I was going to be in. Am I the only man of my generation willing to admit that these days? I knew about mystery. There was a TV show called Keys to the VIP. Have I talked about this already? Keys to the VIP. I, I actually wanted to do a bit of a segment on this podcast about awfully terrible um, early to mid two thousands reality television because it it peaked, didn't it? We've gotten we've become a we've become a parody of ourselves now. What with your milf manners and all the rest of it, and your Love Island, and what's the what's the one that Abby Chatfield is the face of? I'm not going to say anything rude about Abby Chatfield again because I think as time goes on, my opportunities to be either have her on my podcast or be on hers, um, getting better every day. I'm going to have to bury a lot of these old podcasts. I worry sometimes about the number of very accessible celebrities I have really gone to town on on this podcast for no real reason other than just not having other things to talk about and thinking Abby Chatfield is an easy target, especially for my audience. No one's going to run to her defense um, uh, of, of anyone listening to this, I can't imagine. Um, least of all, my mother. If you're, um, Very few people will get that reference, um, but my mum does, and you know that's 2% of the listening audience, so that's okay. <laughs> um, no, I need, to, I need to be start being nicer to these very accessible Aussie celebrities so I can catch them on the way down. Because I reckon in about five years I, I could probably shoot for a- Abby Chatfield and I will pass like ships in the night of my career going up and hers going fading to oblivion. I imagine what is I just can't imagine what happens to an Abby Chatfield the minute that we stop being attracted to her talking about sex. As soon as she just becomes a, a <laughs> when imagining her having sex with someone is is less pleasure pleasant than it currently is. I just don't know where her career goes to from there. Um, probably to the other side of the mask singer. Mask on, thanks, Abby, for this for this season, please. Um, no, that's not that's not polite. But I, I do I do know uh, what was I going? Oh, the keys to the VIP. Oh, you gotta. I don't know if I've already talked about this on this podcast. I feel like I must have because I I did love it so much, and it is one of those things. We will look back on the mid two thousands. The mid two thousands was this horrible mix of um, accessible television production. And uh, very, uh, just the just the wrong. I don't even how how to put it. It's like the we were on. Why is it that we we just can't quite forgive ourselves? I think because the 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 rate at which culture has progressed and the weight uh, the the way at which progressive has evolved in the last twenty years, it's been rapid fire, hasn't it? I mean the the interaction between uh, men and women. And the broader population and marginalized communities from the 1900s to about 1987 was a slow crawl, wasn't it? It was, it was tiny, tiny bits of progress. And we went from 1987, stay away from me, I'm worried you have AIDS, to, you know, I kissed a, a man once uh, in a game of I never. Uh, and uh, so now I'm part of the LGBTQIA plus community and I would love a grant. Thank you, ABC. I'm going to make a, a television show about my story. Um, but uh, some of the stuff from the kind of mid 2000s uh, on your MTVs and your VH1s aged terribly and uh, chief among them 
possibly chief among them. I don't know. I was talking the other day about a show called Man vs. Uh, Man vs. Beast, not to be confused with Man vs. Wild, uh, where human beings took on um, animals in a series of, of different tasks and challenges. And boy, did they love to ring in some midgets for that show. And I'm using midgets in quotes. That's what you use them. Of course, I would call them little people. But at the time, it was who could pull a 747 jet further in a faster time, an African elephant or 40 midgets. And you better believe that African elephant wanted it more. <laughs> there was also another one. I mean, I think African elephant versus 40 midgets feels pretty on par, especially when you have to remember most of these animals don't realize a competition is taking place. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, the other one was... Who can win a 400-meter race, uh, a camel or four midgets in a relay? Uh, like, I, it's they posed these as if they were questions that, one, we were wondering about in the first place. That, that age-old question, that one we've all sat around and pondered. We've all done the sums on the back of an envelope. Now we're going to f- work it out. What is, the, what is the world record for a 100-meter sprint for a dwarf, do you think? And does that exist? Do you reckon it exists? Let's Google it and find out together. Um, but before I do, uh, I, I, I've just got to say, in, if it wasn't clear, the camel, the camel, the camel. Surprisingly, what with its, uh, you know, it wasn't even wasn't. It, look, if, what if it was a a dwarf camel, a dwarf camel versus four dwarves? I'm invested again. I'm interested to know. But I think full. I think fully grown camel uh, against four. Not even just fully physically developed, but in fact, Olympic athletes. I'm, go, I'm going camel. I'm going camel over 400 meters. They're, they're famous mid-distance runners, camels. Um, all right, here we go. Wait, let, let's ask the big question. 100-meter dwarf sprinting world record. Two questions. Number one, can I find it? Does it exist? Number two, what is it? If Usain Bolt was hitting, what, 9.6? What do we reckon? World champion dwarf sprinter. Let's find out. One, sometimes uh, you got to just really buy into the idea that uh, Google is listening all the time. Because I put in 100-meter dwarf, 100-meter sprint record, dwarf 100-meter, 100-meter fastest dwarf, Tim Dwight, 100-meter time. We'll come back to that. Um, 100-meter dwarf, 100-meter sprint record. Let's see. Uh, oh my goodness, the International Dwarf Sports Federation. Oh, do you ever hear something exists and not realize that you've needed it in your life this entire time? Uh, World Dwarf Game showcases athletes, and then f- <laughs> this is a headline from USA Today World Dwarf Games showcase athletes, and then uh, in inverted commas, family, as if uh, it's kind of being said sarcastically. <laughs> but I don't know why they put family in air quotes. They're like, we're, we're blood-related, but I don't know if I'd call them family. Um, okay, the dwarf world. Oh, my goodness. If you're at a computer, pause what you're doing and uh, go ahead and go to internationaldwarfsportsfederation.com forward slash records. Um, just so you know, Google's telling me this website is not secure. And um, I, I mean, you know, the dwarf athlete community, famously insecure, and you would be, wouldn't you? But... It's, it's, this is, I mean, first of all, the cover image, <laughs> the cover image at the top of the page is um, just a shot of running legs, which is either um, a, a, an athletic dwarf or uh, a, uh, a, a regular sprinter resized um, 
without maintaining the aspect ratio. It could you could do either. That's the beauty of being part of the International Dwarf Sport Federation is you have the option. Um, oh my god! Okay, so the records from the past seven World Dwarf Games. Why? Why? If I find out that any of the last seven World Dwarf Games happened in Sydney and I wasn't informed, I'm going to be furious. I'm going to. I've been presumably. Presumably the Dwarf Games happen once every four years, a la the Olympics. I can only hope. And um, I, I, that means I've been alive for every single one of them. Um, oh, okay, so track records, field records, swimming, badminton, archery, and marksmanship. Okay, cool. I didn't know we were giving them guns, but that's interesting. Oh, my God. Oh, jeez. Guys, it's at times like this where I think that I really should invest in some video podcasting equipment because this is... The visual elements of this of this week's podcast are being lost. I sat down to record this podcast on a Saturday evening, trying to get this done for, for, to have my Sunday free. To be honest with you, that's that was my biggest intention. And I thought, do I have anything to talk about? And little did I know that I would discover about the World Dwarf Games in real time. And now I don't know if I'm going to make dinner because I'm going to have to spend a lot of time exploring this. All right, let's just stick to stick. Tom, track records, okay. The 2017 World Dwarf Graham track records. Now, I think we can assume that they will have made progress since then, as all human beings do. Um, okay. The 100-meter oh, the run uh, class one. Now, I don't know what class... Oh, okay. Uh, I don't know what that means. What are the different classes? I'm so intrigued. Uh, the 100-meter Sprint champion for class three, which I'm presuming is your tallest dwarf, if I had to guess, um, is Joshua Babb. Uh, I don't know. I've not heard of Joshua before. I wonder if he'd be interested in coming on the podcast. 13.51 seconds. Very, very admirable. Um, is this? Yeah, okay. Now, now Josh, Josh Babb, I don't know. This is a, I don't know, maybe it's just a very good image, but like Josh Babb is, looks like a small man more than a large dwarf, from my perspective. Now, I'm not an expert. <laughs> I trust the world, I trust the World Dwarf Games, uh, you know, has uh, classification experts beyond my experience. You know, I, I'm just going off gut feel. <laughs> um, Whereas Jamani Swanson, Swanson, on the other hand, who, as far as I can tell, is a member of the Harlem Globetrotters, and uh, I have a new hero, I have a new number one get for this podcast. Has Jamani okay, Swanson been on other people's podcasts? And if not, what's he doing tomorrow? Because I'll clear my schedule to have Jamani Swanson on this podcast. Um, he has, he's been on two podcasts. Uh, maybe one. I think one of them is... A different Jamani Swanson. Uh, Harlem Globetrotters. Harlem Globetrotter and 100-meter world record champion. Um, well, 1,500-meter run. What is a 1,500-meter run from a dwarf perspective? That's got to be close to 5K, right? That's pretty good. Well, and Australia. Australia are, in fact, the 4x100-meter relay champions at the World Dwarf Games. Why were, Why weren't we informed? Why didn't want anyone let us, let us know? Now, okay... World, where is the next World Dwarf Games and uh, how, are there any comedy gigs that I can organise around it? Uh, because I will 100% be attending the World Dwarf Games in... Uh, okay. This is why I need a Jamie. I need someone... To, all right, Cologne, Germany on the 28th of July. Guys, it's it's five weeks away. 
It's fine. Does anyone know any? Could anyone? Do, do, could I have, please, please? Is anyone close to Cologne, Germany? James Dunlop, who is the uh, conductor and creator of the theme music to this podcast, James, if you're free from the twentieth of July to the fifth of August, I reckon I will pitch into some flights to Cologne, Germany, for you to be in attendance of the Eighth World Dwarf Games in August, twenty twenty-three. Because I need to know more. I need if we could do a live cross to Jamani Swanson after he tries to defend his hundred meter sprint final in between Harlem Globetrotter seasons. I mean, oh, how did I get from keys to the VIP to this? Oh, that's right, we went man versus. Okay, all right, <laughs> we're coming back full circle. Well, guys, I think we can all agree you've got your money's worth already just by virtue of I. If, if you knew about the World Dwarf Games already and you didn't tell me, shame on you. You knew what you knew. I'd like to know about this. Oh, we can't spend the whole time talking about the World Dwarf Games as much as I would like to. But anyway, uh, I, I digress. Oh, hello there, keen listeners. Thank you for tuning in for yet another episode of Shows Respect. Tom Wickham is talking. Just a quick reminder, if you haven't already, make sure you give this show a subscribe, a follow on your Spotify, your Apple Music. And hey, if you love the podcast, tell a friend. We're trying to grow numbers here, and your word of mouth is worth its weight in gold. So please... Spread the word. Keep listening. Hope you're enjoying the show. Let's get back to it. Keys to the VIP. What a program. Keys to the VIP. How could you even describe it? Um, it was a contest between two budding pickup artists, and it was kind of almost. Uh, it was. It. It was kind. Of, it. It. It had four judges. It was kind of like Queer Eye. Um, if the Queer Eye gang were, there's, you know, one less of them, they were straight and also total creeps. It was very unsettling in hindsight. I can't imagine what any of those guys are doing now. Um, presumably cheating on their partners, if I had to guess. Because basically what happened was it was three rounds of uh, men going through nightclubs, competing in a series of events to show who could manipulate women the most effectively on camera. And some of these guys, I mean, it was truly commendable what they were able to, to do. I mean, this is, I think I was talking about that Louis Theroux episode with the uh, the hypnotist on it. Um, it, was, it, it was some of that. It was some real, like, they were breaking it down bit by bit. It was kind of like watching Tony Gregg and, and uh, Channel 9 Cricket. Like, they would hit pause and they would uh, get the white pen out and they would, pull it. So you see where he's making contact on the shoulder here. Very, very nice stuff there. Not too forward, but also initiating some contact, really getting a, a bit of touch there. And also, you notice his eye contact there. Every, every now and then, just darting over to the least attractive girl in the group as a signal of intent to really make the most attractive girls incredibly self-conscious. He's, this is a pro. This is a pro we're dealing with right now. Um, oh, that would have been a great u- chance to use my South African accent doing a Tony Gregg thing. But, um, well, the time has passed and we've got to move on. Um, keys to the VIP. Great, great show. Look it up. I'm pretty sure there are some clips on YouTube. Um, it is uh, it is, it is phenomenal how far society has progressed in 15 years. You could not do it now. Although, you could probably create a pretty significant Patreon around it. Because um, you'd have at least one member guilty right here. I, I loved Keys to the VIP. Those books and those TV shows about pickup artists like the game, it was amazing. It's kind of like when you read a self-help book and while you're flicking through pages, you're like, well, it's I'm going to take over the world. I think I'm going to... Should I start looking at mansions now or should I wait until later in the week? When should I start 
looking at how I put down a uh, put down a deposit on a private jet because it's only a matter of time until I make it. That's how uh, every pickup artist manual I read made me feel about <laughs> sleeping with women. I was like, this is. I never realized how easy it was this whole time. And then you'd go out and be like, oh, no, I'm still tongue-tied all the time. Not a problem anymore because I'm in a very happy, committed relationship. What about you guys? Is that something I'm trying to get out of this quickly? I'm trying to move on. I've, uh, I'm now, I've, I, it, I'm four weeks without drinking. I'm also over a week without performing on stage, and that's weird. I haven't okay, so I'm I'm not doing comedy on stage at the moment, and I have uh, no TV shows on my repertoire to watch because we finished Succession and Ted Lasso, and I don't really know who I am anymore. I'm really not entirely clear about it. As far I think the biggest thing I am now is self help advocate. I've been listening to a lot of uh, productivity podcasts, and I wish that was a joke, but that's just my life now. And and it's the same thing. It's the thing I just talked about. Every time I listen to it, I'm like, oh, my life is going to be. Just, I'm 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 going to come leaps and bounds. Um, I never stop listening to the productivity podcast or reading self help books to do anything about it. But I, boy, do I read them, and uh, I read them well. And boy, do I talk about reading them a lot. So that's pretty good. We started trying to find a new show. I watched um, I watched the new episode of Black Mirror, which I was so excited about. I was so thrilled by the prospect of a new Black Mirror. <sighs> It's just, it just keeps getting worse. I don't, you guys, you guys remember Black Mirror? Do you guys, were you watching it the whole way through? First of all, a few things to say about Black Mirror. The very first episode, if you recall, was just so off tone from everything else they did. Because every other one was about technology and science fiction and the way the world is going. And then there was just one about uh, a prime minister having sex with a pig. And... That was the pilot. That was how they chose to introduce it to the world. It was good. It got us hooked. Um, but the first few seasons were just awesome. There was that really creepy John Hamm Christmas episode, which I loved. That it was so, so good. And the first time they introduced the idea of like AI that doesn't know it's AI or code that doesn't realize it's code, it thinks it's a human being. What are the ethics of that? You know, what if you could actually create a line of code or an artificial intelligence that thought it was a human being and that it lives for eternity in the service of somebody else. What would that, I mean, that blew my mind. And now, after having been proposed with that question another 14 times, four times a year, every year by Black Mirror and Charlie Brooker, I'm so over it. Every, every single episode ends with, oh, and guess what? They're artificial intelligence this whole time. Who would have known? Like, do we need to... Build in any other plot points to support this? No, I don't think so. I think let's just keep flogging this digital dead horse for as long as we possibly can. This new episode, it sucked. It was so bad. I don't know. And then it's got 7.9 stars. 7.9 stars on, on IMDb this episode. That's like that's like the same as Toy Story 2, which is just ludicrous. It doesn't deserve it. it they just barely put the effort in. I'm so disappointed. And, you know, I'm going to keep watching all of the remaining episodes and I'm going to keep being disappointed. And look, whose fault is that but my own? But I'm a glutton for punishment. I'm just going to keep keep plugging away and keep getting frustrated. It's like sometimes I'll be listening to the radio in the car with my partner and uh, a song will come on and I'm like, this song fucking sucks. 
and she'll change the channel. I'm like, no, no, I wanted, I wanted to listen to it. I wanted to continue to enjoy it. I was feeling very smug by how bad this was. And now you're taking that away from me. I think we should go back and uh, let me keep criticizing this. Oh, I'm a nightmare to live with. I got to say, I don't know how, I don't know why she sticks around, but she does. And uh, I shouldn't talk too loud. She's making dinner next door while I do nothing. Just adding to the, just adding to the case at this stage, unfortunately. Well, we're making our way towards the end of the podcast, and it's been it's been nice and light and casual, hasn't it? Isn't that what this is all about? Isn't it? It's all it's all it's I don't know what it is all about. I'm trying to look. I've I've battled whether or not to talk to you about this, guys. I'm well aware that sometimes this podcast is very much phoned in, and I look. I'm I'm guilty of it, and I've I've been th- I've been thinking about it. I've been thinking about this a lot. I'm, I'm trying to focus on one thing at a time, all right? It was the festival show, and now it's this work portfolio that I'm pulling together. But when that's done, which is three weeks away, I want to I wanna really start some investing, some time and effort into this podcast. I do. I do. I want, listen to me. Listen to me right now. I want to. I promise you, okay? Because I put a lot of time and effort into pretty much all of the other parts of, of my comedy life, especially writing, especially stage stagecraft and stage work. And, and this one, I'm like, I'll just put on the, the turn on the microphone and just go for it and see what happens. And then I'm like, why is it only my mum and my partner's dad listen to this? Um, which is not truly true. There are some of you out there who listen and seem to enjoy it. And I, I appreciate it without fully understanding it. But I do appreciate it. But I'm thinking, hey, if you like it, if you like it now, if you're enjoying this, uh, how would you feel if I tried to make it good? How would you feel about that? Would, is that... Does that agree with, or is that not what this is about to you? Do you watch this the way that I now watch highlights of Keys to the VIP, both enjoying it whilst recognizing it is objectively bad? Is that what this is to you? Because I would hate to take that away from you. However, I think I do owe it to all of you and myself to, to start putting some effort into this because I got to be perfectly honest. Um, we've been talking into this microphone for 26 minutes now. 29 minutes ago, I had no fucking clue what I was going to say. And look, I don't think this has been terrible, if I'm honest. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure whether being totally self-aware and, and, and honest about this is, is the right call, to be perfectly clear. But I think it's, I've gotten better at just kind of rambling, and that's been fun, and it's made it easy. But I'm like, what if I tried? What if I really tried? Just that, just tried. Just try, what if I just tried, tried some? What? Would that be good? Well, let's find out together. So, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start putting some effort. I'm going to start writing some stuff. I'm going to start thinking outside the box, you know. And, look, also, maybe I won't, but I'm, I plan to. And if the self-help books that I've read tell me anything, sometimes just talking about getting better kind of scratches the itch uh, required without any of the work that would be necessary to actually being better. So that might be this too. Let's not let's not get too involved uh, or too um, presumptuous about any of it. But what I would like you to know is while this episode may not have been the most thorough or the most thought through, what it has provided me with, and I thank you for this, is uh, a free day tomorrow. And I, I, I know that sounds trivial, but it is not. I think I've told you about this. Sundays I am taking as a do-nothing day. No requirements. Maybe a little bit of housework, a little bit of vacuuming. Oh, it is a game changer. 
it is an absolute game changer. I've been doing either, either my entire, I said the last three years, probably just around COVID pandemic time, my entire life has just been uh, either I'm either every day doing a little bit of work or at the very least feeling guilty about not doing work and just having an excuse to do nothing all day, to, to have nothing to achieve. Oh, I highly recommend it. I heard a, there's a guy called Austin Cleon who's got a great book called uh, Stealing Like an Artist. I'm a huge fan of his work. He put us out a newsletter and he talked about taking a Sabbath. And I am not one of the chosen people, but I could get around it. Because not only do I get to not do work, I also get to eat bacon. And, I mean, that's the best of both worlds, really, isn't it? Uh, I I can't recommend... And look, I think the opposite is if you have seven of those days, maybe do something. You know, you can't do it all the time. But to take a day, oh, it's just an absolute dream. And so I know this doesn't sound like it would be work, but you got to trust me, it is. It, it's, it is, I've been anxious for the last four hours thinking about what I'm going to say on this podcast. And then I was almost about to just defer it to tomorrow, decided against it. Um, give yourself some time. Give yourself a day off. You've earned it, you know. Um, hey, look, we're going to wrap it up in a second. I'm, I'm coming to the 30-minute mark. That's the that's the allotted time slot for this. Look, you're going to have to trust me. This is going to, it's going to get better. I'm going to, I'm really going to try and do something with this. I promise. I promise to you. It's going to be good stuff. I'm going to maybe I'll do some Q and A's. Maybe I'll do some other. Maybe I'll get to the point where you can actually tell your friends about it, where it doesn't feel weird. Um, like what? What is it? He just talks, and does he talk about things that are? Does he have unique perspective or interests? No. Okay. And you listen to this every week, really? Oh, he's your son. Oh, I get it. But hey, it's been a joy all the same. Hey, and if it just put you to sleep, for some people, that's what they want out of this podcast. Don't you forget that. So thank you for listening yet again. Do you think it's a good podcast idea to admit to your audience you don't think it's very good? Is that smart? <laughs> Let me know in the comments. Oh, Hey, I hope you enjoyed it. And I'll see you next time. Again, show some respect. Tell me who's talking.